Good morning. How's everybody doing? Great, good. Everyone else is asleep still. It's a rainy day. Do you guys know what? When we die, it's going to be amazing. When, when we die, it's going to be amazing. Because as, as believers in, in Jesus, Paul, as believers in Jesus, when we die, we're going to be with him. Paul said in that reading that Grady just finished up, he said, if I'm hard-pressed between the two, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Right? No more pain, no more suffering, no more politics, no more disappointments, no more hunger, no more hurt, no more thirst. To be with Christ is far, far better. But we're still here in the flesh. And that too is good. That is good, friends. That means we still have purpose. God's purpose for us to be here. Every breath that we take is a gift from God. Every moment of every day, we live by God's grace in his image to serve those people around us. And we serve them with, with God's word. With God's word spoken in love and truth. For to remain in the flesh is much more necessary for us right now. So Paul said, for to remain in the flesh is much more necessary for us right now to share the compassion of the Lord. Heavenly Father, this world hurts and there's a lot of struggles, but yet you have kept us here to this day, to this moment, and for the days ahead. We pray, Lord, that through our time together, we see the importance of understanding that you have put us here for a purpose to take your name and to take your love to those people around us, even just one other person, that they may too see and know what we know so well, the compassion and love that you have for each and every one of us, your sons and daughters. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the compassion of the Lord is what Isaiah 55 is all about. That's where we're going to be today. If you want to join me in your Bible, Isaiah chapter 55. As you work your way there, what you're going to see at the very beginning of this chapter is some beautiful words. The first word is come. Come. Come, everyone who thirsts. Come, everyone to the waters. Even you who have no money, come. Come and eat. Come and drink. Just come. 
This repeated cry of come, what it does here is it mimics the sounds of a marketplace. Put yourself there in Old Testament times. Put yourself in that marketplace. And what do the vendors do? They cry out. They say, come over here and get your wine. Come over here and get your bread. Come over here and get your drink. Come. The voices of many vying for people to come and be fed. So here, God is crying out to who? Everyone. Saying, come and see what he has to give. Come and and see what he has to give to you. Because this is what God wants to do. This is God's gift. Come and see what he gives because the price has already been paid in full. Now understand this. No one is forced to go to where they are being called. No one is forced to obey the summons. But why not check out what he has to say, what he has to give, because it's free, right? And so you get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and you hear him saying, come. He says, come. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread? Why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? And he continues on there in 55 verse to be, he says this. He says, Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. So, this bread that he freely gives is rich. But not to eat. This bread bread he freely gives is rich. He says, listen to it. Hear it. Why? So that your soul may live. Don't waste your money on those things that don't satisfy past today or tomorrow. Don't waste your time on those false teachings, those false hopes. Don't waste your time on those beliefs that leave you hungry. He says, lean in and hear. Delight yourself in this. Delight yourself in the word, in the rich food that your soul so greatly needs. Delight yourself in this that your soul may live. Many of you sitting here today know this. We know that it's better to be with Christ. We've feasted on this truth. We've tasted the goodness. Every day in His image, He pours grace upon grace upon grace on us. So because of this, guess what? Right now, it's more necessary that we remain in the flesh so that others too may come, so that others may too hear 
Come and be fed. Come and drink without money or price. Come and and hear and be fed and be part of that everlasting covenant. The compassion of the Lord is endless. And now that he's brought us in, now that he has our attention, we're reminded that we are to seek the Lord. Look here at verse 6. Chapter 55, verse 6. It says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now, seek here doesn't mean you're going out and searching and looking for God like he's lost. That's not what it's talking about here. Seek here means to thoroughly seek him out in the word. It means to study the word. Seek him out in the true bread. And what do you see when you study the word? Whether it's here or by yourself or in a small group or in a missional community, what you see when you study the word is you see truth in love. You see truth in love. Now, with that in mind, look at verse 7 here. Perfect example of studying this. Okay, it says this. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Saying, okay, you who have come, seek the Lord. Study his word. So what does this mean to you? Don't, don't shout it out loud if you don't want to. You can if you want. But, but in your mind, kind of pro- process what is written here. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. What does this mean? We've got to remember while we're going through this that all are invited to come. All are invited to come and eat, to come and drink freely. But the hard truth here is that there is not room in the kingdom of grace for those who refuse to turn from their wicked ways. God forgives sin after sin after sin after sin. But if you keep living in that sin, you're basically saying to God that you're insulted by his gift. You're insulted by his gift to freely pardon you and forgiven you of all those sins. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts. But then he continues in on on 7b there. He says this. He says, let him return to the Lord. He doesn't want him to stay away just because he's struggling in that sin. He says, no, Repent of those ways and let him return to the Lord. That, why? That he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. We sin all the time. But the compassion of the Lord is there all the time. Right? But we have to be the ones that say, you know what? I don't want to struggle in this sin anymore. We need to return to the Lord. And when we do, guess what? He will have compassion on you. No matter what that sin is, He will have compassion on you. He will abundantly pardon your sins. Sins forgiven. A tremendous gift is given. 
We know this. And so because we know this, it is better that we remain in the flesh right now and study this truth and share this truth that we see and know so well through here. It's in all these pages. It's in all these pages. God is found. His compassion is evident. His mercy and grace extended for sin after sin after sin pardoned. It's in here, the word made flesh. The word incarnate, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is where our eyes turn. And this is where we are to take those who don't know of God's great compassion too. Especially when we don't understand. You all know verses 8 and 9, even though you may have not known it was Isaiah 55. But you've all heard these verses before. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We're not in control, are we? God is in control of all our lives. Whether Christian or non-Christian, weekly church attender or just every so often church attender, male or female, tall or short, doesn't matter what you are or who you are. God is in control of your life. And that may be one of the hardest things for people to understand when talking to, to them about God and his compassion. Especially when that person is wondering, where is God? Or, why a loving God would let these things happen to me? And so what is important for you and I to understand and share with people is this truth that God is in control. But it's not him who causes the bad things to happen. Our ways are not his ways. Our ways are not his ways as a result of our sinfulness. People need to know that God created a perfect world. And it was messed up by man and woman. By Adam and Eve sinning, eating of that fruit, God's perfect creation was gone. And because of that, problems came into the world. Cancer and and natural disasters and deadly accidents. And the list can go on and on and on. But the point is to make known to them is that God did not intend it to be this way. But since it is, he sent Christ. He sent Christ to save all us messed up people from this messed up world that we live in. And he did this because he is compassionate. He's a God of love and mercy. So while his ways are not our ways, it doesn't mean he doesn't love us. It doesn't mean he doesn't take care of us. It just means that because of sin, things happen differently than the way we want them to. It is better for us to remain in the flesh right now. You see, right now, it's better for us to remain in the flesh here until God takes us home so we can grow day by day in our understanding of his word and love. 
And then we could take that with us. As we do that, God softens our hearts. You've seen it. You've had it happen to you. God has softened your heart to understand that his mission now truly becomes our mission. His vision of everyone in the world being saved through his son becomes our vision. And the Holy Spirit works on us. So then now just a little bit more than yesterday, our thoughts become his thoughts. Our ways become his ways. We align with where he is going, with his grace. And we allow that truth to flow through us to those around us who are in need of so much love. And then verses 10 and 11, perfect for today, at least the rain part. Snow can stay away for a while. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. No matter how God's word gets out there, it never comes back void. It's always doing something. No matter if I speak things to you and I don't think they're making any sense, God is working that to you in your heart. So we have God's word, which is more certain than the rain, which we know very well here, right? It's been dry for a while. We have God's grace given in the means of grace. We have God's grace strengthened in us by his word and sacraments. And because of this, we believe and trust in the Lord's return. We trust in Jesus as the one and only Savior from sin and death. The only one who can give us an everlasting life. This Jesus was born in a manger, born to die. He suffered and hung upon a cross for you and I so that we could be restored to God, so that we could be forgiven. Now, you've probably searched like I have, and you've seen again and again that there is no one else who can do this. Not ourselves, not the worldly pleasures, not any of that. Not any of the bread that we spend money on or labor for that only brings temporary satisfaction only christ can save and so what do we do while we're here we cling to his cross for christ alone is the truth and the way and the life for it's only through him that one comes to the father we cling so earnestly to this truth for to live is christ paul said it grady read it to remain in the flesh is more necessary right now. Friends, we need to be convinced of this like Paul. Convinced of this, that, that while we remain in the flesh, we continue together for the progress and joy of many others that they may too come into this faith. So that means we've got to take some next steps. For as many days that God gives to us here, we need to work to cast aside living selfishly whether it's in the church, the home, or the workplace, or the school. And this means not living immorally for earthly riches and pleasures. This means not grumbling and complaining against one another. Next steps means allowing Christ who lives in us by faith to work powerfully in us. 
to allow him to influence our words, our thoughts, and our actions. Moving us to see others the same way that God sees them. As we sow the seeds, as we tell one person to knock the dominoes over so that they too may come to know God's eternal riches. This is our task. This is our task as we await the Lord's return. This is our task as we await our turn to be called home, to spread the seed, to feed and water that seed already planted. But it's not just just the job of a few. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's all of us and those brothers and sisters out there. So be patient, the Lord reminds us here. He he reminds us that to to be patient because the Spirit's going to be at work. Be patient as he, He works the hearts of those around us who are coming to faith. Be patient and confident as the Holy Spirit creates excitement in you. He works to make this faith alive in your heart. And you'll see that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can and you will share the gospel. What a better time than now. We don't know exactly when, but we do know that our time on this earth will come to a close. And what we will gain is far, far better. But until that day, until that time, it is much more necessary for us to remain in the flesh and share with everyone the compassion of our Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.